0: joining us on dad week three already a family face off Courtney Lachlan that's just my dad you all know him locker
1: come on oh I'm sorry you don't call me locker you call me dad
0: dad or dad where's your wallet dad can you buy <laughs> me this um yeah I got lots of things that I call dad, you dad
1: can I borrow your credit card <laughs> dad can I do this yes Courtney you can yeah,
0: he's a yes man um dad we got a lot to get to in today's episode um let's first start with I guess the caps um, before we get into some fun stuff, we have a beer update from Astrolab and our collab with them. We got some insights on what it's like to be broadcasting for you and Joe B. But let's talk about the Caps um, because it was a very interesting week. Last week, when we talked, the Caps. Um, obviously started their season. Now, they are zero and 3 They have points in seven straight games. But the craziness all happened last week, which was when some guys on the roster got put on the COVID-19 protocol list. And we were like, already. Like, this is happening already.
1: It's crazy. I mean, you lose uh, Fab Four, I call them, the four Russians, and Samsonov, Warloff, Kuzi, and Ovechkin. You think, uh-oh, this team could turn south in a hurry. I mean, I, I look around, and I made the analogy the other night on air that if you, for example, took the Islanders and took out Pelik, Varlamov, uh, Barzell, and, say, Anders Lee, all of a sudden, that's a different team, and how can you win? The thing that has impressed me over this four-zero and 3 run, number one, they're in the toughest division in the NHL, They've had the highest percentages in this division of three-point games, meaning, you know, you go to shootout, you go to overtime, both teams get points, which make it makes it probably the toughest division to be in the top four to get the playoffs. So I look at it, and even the coach, Laviolette, mentioned it about adversity. Mm-hmm. This is adversity at its highest because not only do you lose those four Russians, Then you lose Tom Wilson, arguably court, and you said it on, I think, our last show, the best forward to start the season, right? And then you get nicked up in the Islander game the other night. The Caps win in regulation, but you have injuries. Pino was injured, too, and that's why he didn't play. And then you lose Backstrom for the third period, and they still survived and get two points. To me, I really want to touch on that game. I want to touch on the Islander game.
0: Okay. Let's the, touch on it. Okay. I do. I want to say this okay. one point though before you get there, because I'm watching that Islander game, and I kind of had you have you have Car in, you have Scarbosa in, you have uh, TVR. Yep. You have names that I think Caps fans and Caps community are like, who are these guys? Where did they come from? You Daniel have Sprong
1: playing more.
0: I was watching that game against the Islanders on Tuesday night. And I was like, I was kind of having these small flashbacks to the playoffs. I remember when they had all those guys out and they were playing the Penguins and Tom Wilson is out and Nick Backstrom is out. And you're like, how the heck are these Caps going to get through the playoffs? And they all came together. I think TJ Oshie even said after the game, he was like, if it doesn't break us, it's going to make us better. And and that's what, to me, that's what I saw. You saw the tap scene come together. I remember listening to you on the broadcast after that game. And, Nick, you were so excited because it was such a victorious win. And they, they overcame so much with their star players being out and then losing so many guys to injuries.
1: Character and depth. And that was a case, you know. I have a saying on air, and a lot of broadcasters use it. It's will over skill or skill over will. And you can go either way in a game, right? The Caps can overskill you if the boys are flying around out there and they're just going to make you look silly. On Tuesday night, it was about will over the skill of the Islanders. The Islanders had their full lineup. There was no one out for the Islanders. So to me, that was will over skill. Probably when I look over the last five or six seasons – that might have been the most enjoyable win. The way they went about it, it was the best game that they have played so far through the first seven, arguably, right? As consistent, the work, the systems execution, you name it. That was the type of four check that I have craved from day one. They were on top of the Islanders, just a Fabulous game to be a part of and watch.
0: So let's go to some things that we liked and we didn't like. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Give me one thing. One. one? You just said a lot of things I that know. you liked. So one thing that you've liked over the last week from the Caps.
1: V squared.
0: V squared.
1: V Tech <laughs> Is that a new one? <laughs> yeah, it's a new one. V squared, <laughs> I like it. Um I just think now V Tech has taken over the number one job here in Washington because Sam was anointed the number one to start camp because of his success last season, especially on the road. But now, because of the COVID situation, he was first of all coming through an injury in the course of the summer months, now mm-hmm. to camp. Then I thought for several games, he looked fine. Fine's all right, but not what we expected from Sammy. And I think now... With Samsonov being off for an extended time once again, how do you find your timing that quickly when he does come back? So I think Vitek Vanacek has proven a lot of people that he can be a very good starter. I've liked a lot of things about him. I've liked the fact, and the biggest thing that I see from him is his cushioning of the puck. And I mentioned on the Hmm. telecast, the cushioning of the puck off his body and off his pads and they're laying right next to him. A lot of goalies will kick it out, say two or three feet. Then you're in trouble. Now you're in scramble mode because they're crashing the net. So he's done a good job at preventing rebounds coming off of any part of his equipment. And to me, that has led to success. You look at his numbers, scary good. Mm -hmm. Like tied for the top among rookie goalies in save percentage. He hasn't lost in regulation yet. I think they've got to run with him.
0: I love, I don't know what line they are, I don't know what number they are, but I love the line of Dowd, Haglin and Hathaway.
1: Well, don't you have a nickname for them yet?
0: No, I'm not I'm not like you like V-squared <laughs> or I don't know. We got to
1: come up with a nickname for that line.
0: Okay. Well, that's your job. What do
1: you like about them?
0: Um, I just love the way that they Play hard. I mean, Hathaway has impressed me so much just on the forecheck, getting into the forecheck, creating offense. They're not just a defensive line. When we saw them play against Buffalo, they were out against the Eichel line, right? And they did a fantastic job um, shutting that down, but they're also creating offense. They have three goals. Um, they've only been on the ice for one even stro- even strength goal against I just I love what they bring they bring grit they bring toughness they bring speed they bring offense and they bring defense dad and you even mentioned this too Ralph Kruger, the head coach of Buffalo said the premier defensive unit in the NHL and that's a huge accolade to be called that
1: they remind me a lot of Gould Curry and Duchesne and I know you're too young to remember <laughs> those three guys. I
0: know those names, but in though. the heyday, yeah, they
1: were one of the top lines here in Washington in the eighties. I mean, talk about checking, scoring. They did a little bit of everything. They remind me a lot of them.
0: Okay, so we said some good things. We got obviously there's always some negative. What are you giving thumbs down to?
1: I think um, I would go with defensive coverage in their own zone. I still think they're trying to evolve to process the stuff that their coaches are giving them. Man-on-man man is very difficult. I think they've given up a few too many shots on Vanacek in particular recently. They've got a cut down on shots, even though I will say this, that the shots have been in the so-called bad ice, outside the dots. I still believe they can be better in man-on-man coverage. That's going to solidify itself. So that is a concern, but not a big concern because they're new. They're getting used to a new system. That would be my one thumbs down. Get away from a lot of goals against mm-hmm. and go on the attack.
0: Well, this is why you would be perfect playing the NHL this year with like no practices. That's you'd my love it.
1: favorite. I love it.
0: <laughs> so that is one negative, right? The short, yeah. the shortened training camp. So you and don't not get time. You have to watch more film. My thumbs down. This has been a trend from the start of the season. This first seven games, um, the second periods, not great, Dad. They've been outshot six of the seven second periods so far. Here's the thing I've been I've been thinking a lot about this like what makes a team have a good second period are there any trends that do anything like that the caps first periods have been Fantastic. I think I've seen yep. them play the best first periods that I've seen and them the play in a long time. Have been good. I think sometimes as a player, and you see all these guys have their pregame routines and their rituals, and you know you see guys like Oshi that are hyping the team up, and they're getting pumped up, and they're listening to the music, and they're running through brick walls down the hallway, and then they come out have a fantastic first period, and then you go back in the locker room, and then you take a breather, and then you sit. I think sometimes you lose that energy and you lose that momentum. And I think sometimes it's hard as a player, not only physically, yes, and I get the professional athletes, but it's hard sometimes when you're that jacked up and you played such a good period, it's almost kind of a letdown. Like when you go back in the locker room mentally and physically, you're like, what just happened? And then you have to go back out, and now you have to bring that same energy without that same pregame routine I don't know. And I I, I experienced that a little bit. I, I find second period toughest to play in hockey.
1: Could it be the fact that, you know, during this pandemic, they're not coming onto the ice to the fans in the second period? Could be. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of reasons why, but I, I think it's more systematic when you look at it. Sure. I just think they get brain dead a little bit because you've had such a good start you're mm-hmm. pumped up like you said and then all of a sudden they think it's going to be a little easy and then they don't have the fire in the second period especially when
0: they've been dominating right so they're correct. like oh we've dominated we got this and then they come but it the will second get period. better that yeah. will get better too and i'm sure a lot of it has to do with to getting in game shape again correct right the fatigue the endurance all those things um so yeah pretty good week for the caps
1: whoa great week <laughs> if you would have told me the Caps would have had points in seven straights uh, i would have bet against you
0: especially with all the injuries and adversity um that they've been facing dad let's now go to some broadcasting 101
1: wow i want
0: to know what it's been like for you to broadcast games because it's a little different for you this season you're not traveling correct um what has it been like to broadcast from an empty arena
1: it's been interesting, to say the least. Uh, my day has taken a totally different turn because you can't talk to players. You have to use Zoom. You have to do things like that. The thing is, when I arrive in the arena, number one, we don't park in the arena anymore, hmm. and they want to be. Oh, there. you got to walk. Yes, <laughs> I have to park in the garage next to the arena. We have to go in a certain door. We have a certain. Band that we wear a yellow band that allows us into a certain area in the arena which is the 100 level hmm. um, where it's us and all the writers uh, that are in suites we have a spot at center ice in the 100 level right below a suite the suite is used for our camera shooting down on us it's very interesting it's very quiet but what the caps have done a great job of they have a virtual hour before the game, right? So yeah. they're doing everything. They have Wes Johnson, they have the in arena host, hmm. they have things on the on the screen, they have in between periods, mites on ice, things like that. So they've tried to make it as real as possible virtually for people that can watch this and, and we can see it on our show. And I think that they've tried to make it the most realistic they can without fans in the building. For me and Joe, I love the low level. I love. And the, you
0: used to do that, right? Did he, I remember you telling me. Back in yeah, I used to broadcast on the lower level, right
1: between the fans. And oh, the fans cool. would tap you on the shoulder <laughs> on the way down. They'd spill a beer on me. They'd say would locker. They to hand They'd you say locker, you suck. Oh yeah, I heard everything. <laughs> I've heard everything. No, Oh yeah. nobody ever said that to Uh, you. Absolutely they did, (laughs) but oh well. Bygones be bygones. But at the end of the day, it's a great level to watch the game. Uh, Joe and I have our six to eight foot separation with a glass panel between us. And I just think you feel the game. You hear the puck hits the sticks. You hear the players chirping at each other. So it brings you actually, for me, closer to the game And the only negative is it is freezing. I wear a winter coat.
0: Do you really? During the whole game.
1: Joe says for the upcoming games, he's actually going to bring gloves. What? It is that cold in the arena because the fans warm it up and they've got it so cold. That's the only negative so far, but it's been fantastic. And on the road games, we do it from the studio in Bethesda. And for NBC Sports Washington, it's all about working in a safe environment mm.
0: so do you find it more challenging though being like do you see the game the same way do you like being higher I mean because I remember like even I'd go up to visit you in the booth and like you see everything right like when you're up in the six above the yeah. six, sixth floor six, at Capital One Arena you literally see everything I'm players like, do you developing
1: a, yeah right? do, you, well, do you
0: have a difficulty with that
1: No, I I actually enjoy it. I I think the person that would have a difficulty is Joe B. Um, I think in the studio, you have a difficulty. It's a totally uh, another dimension in the fact that we'd call the games off a monitor in front of us. And there's three monitors in front of us. So you don't see the stuff happening behind the play, right? Because the main camera is following the play. Stuff could be Mm -hmm. happening back here that we cannot pick up, whether it's a hook, a trip, someone gets hurt, we don't see that where as when we're in the hundred level, you we can see, see all the action, side well, to side. And
0: that's a challenge too, just watching hockey on T V for any fans out there, right? Is that you never you don't see the whole full play, but even more so for you that's supposed to call the game and bring color and bring the play by play to the fans. The only
1: positive I have, Court, in both oh, gosh. situations. Yeah, what is this gonna be? is Joe B announces (laughs) the players' names first, (laughs) and if he does mess up, and that rarely happens for my unbelievable play-by-play guy, I'm able to pick it up and say the right name.
0: Well, speaking of Joe B Dad, you caught up with him at the arena, and he had this to say about what it's like for him as a play-by-play guy to call a game which is a little bit different from you as a color guy.
2: Well, things are a little different starting with the studio. Uh, I'm just grateful to you're getting me here in the arena tonight, but uh, from a studio perspective, think about it, the, the camera angles don't let you see behind the play. And they're low enough so that you're really not getting the best look at the far wing And for a play-by-play guy, you want to see plays develop. That's why we've always preferred to be on the moon up on the sixth floor because you do see plays develop better. And the other area that you'll also not have the best understanding of from this level is deflections because we are, again, too low, I think. Even in this low position uh, here in the 100 section, center ice is beautiful. Uh, Being able to see guys' faces, wonderful. But you don't see that far wing as well. And that's why I I study body language so much because I want to know the difference between a Lars Eller and a Nicholas Backstrom. If they're coming down that far wing, you might not get the best look at 19 or 20, but you need to know one guy uses black tape, one guy uses white tape, Uh, the difference in their skating strides. I think all that's magnified when we're trying to do these things, call these games from this area. For me, I'm just happy to be here. I'll call it from the men's room if you want to put me there. But for me, this is just a bit too low. Perfect would be about 20 feet higher. So the club level would be perfect from a height and a closest standpoint. That'd be ideal.
1: Joe B always some great insights. One thing he still talks about me every day is he can't see some of the short side corners where we sit. Mm. Other than that, I can see everything. And I would say this about Joe B: Was he ever pimped out now? Oh. Soon, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't he? <laughs> I loved it. Oh my gosh. Joe yeah, B, I love did you, man. You
0: say that word.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, great
1: insight. Well, let's get into Landover Legends now.
0: Yeah, what do you got going on back here, Dad? Well,
1: I got a couple of Wayne Gretzky sticks.
0: I thought Landover Legends though—it's like cap stuff.
1: Yeah, but it can be players that played in Landover. I mean, okay. talk about this, Court. Look at this original Titan from The Great One, When I got it. I got it at, at Cap Center from Wayne Gretzky after a game, his original stick. And so we're doing a special on The Great One because... Happy birthday Wayne
0: Wayne Gretzky turned 60 this week. So. Yes, he did Incredible. and it's
1: the rage around the NHL
0: the greatest hockey player of all give time. give us some
1: of his numbers court. Would you? Okay. Please
0: Wayne Gretzky celebrated his 60th birthday this week. 60 hat tricks in his career 15 was that on purpose seasons. 60
1: hat tricks. <laughs> Probably. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. Good point. Um, recorded a point another 60 recorded a point in 60 consecutive games. Oh my God uh, in the 82 83 season. Um, four Stanley Cups, nine Hart Trophies, ten Art Ross, two and cons, a partridge nine, and a pear tree <laughs> Six is that really right? 60 NHL records?
1: Absolutely, he was Number absolutely 60. Amazing, maybe one of the best ambassadors for our game Not only growing the game in Canada like he did when he was with the Oilers, but the biggest change in USA hockey happened when he became an LA King yeah. And it was bigger than some of the stars in LA. When he was a king for 8 seasons, he grew the game. He grew the game in the United States and I had I guess the luck to play against this guy for many years and Yeah, like what
0: was that like? I so uh, I don't I don't remember I mean, watching him play, right? Um, so
1: amazing. I mean, I would sit on the bench Usually, I wasn't out against him. I'd try to be out against him, but the coach wouldn't probably trust <laughs> me out against him.
0: Wait, so you're saying you weren't like the Cats' fourth line of Dowd, Hathaway, and Haglin? No. when they sent you out against their first no, line? No, I
1: was always a top-line guy. And <laughs> back then, they didn't want to play top-line against top-line. Okay. But when you had guys like Gretzky and Anderson and those guys playing together, I mean, it was magical on the ice. And as a kid, Wayne Gretzky used to write down passes. He'd watch the Leaf game back in the day when he was in Brampton. And he'd watch them, and he'd mark on a piece of paper how they pass, how they pass. And he said, the puck's always behind the net. And he said, you know what? When I'm going to play, I'm going to use the back of the net more. And that's why everyone calls it his office. But just amazing to see how he played. You know what? And I will say this. He wasn't the fastest. He wasn't the biggest. He didn't have the hardest shot. He was more mind over matter. He was the smartest player ever to play the game. So he used this stick, fans, early on in his career for about, I think, first 10 seasons. And the Titan was the heaviest stick ever. And it was him it's and like Mike Wood. Yes. And it was Bossy and him that really used this. So, of course, back in the day in 84, I said, Well, Gretzky's scoring a lot. Ah, uh, Bossy's scoring a lot. I need a Titan. And I actually used a red Titan. Did you really? Yes, because I looked up to those great guys. Then, all of a sudden, they came out with the first two-piece stick in a long time in the NHL. And this is the shiny, of course it had to be shiny, the shiny Gretzky stick. And it was amazing. Iconic. And now, Court, you have something to say about it. When you look at these sticks, um, at the end of the blade, unfortunately... Yes, to Kyle. You weren't so, born court. Oh, I couldn't.
0: Wait, hold on a second. Wayne Gretzky played all the way until 1998. So I was 10 when he stopped playing. But How I come was, none of these are signed by me? And I was hold done. on a second. I no, was done by then. Dad, these are lefties. Kyle, my brother, is not a lefty. He's a, right, he's a righty. Those are lefties. They fit me perfectly.
1: These are keepsakes, honey.
0: Okay, remember at the top of the show when I asked you, Dad, can I have your credit card? Dad, can I have all these? Dad, can I have those sticks? <laughs> well, you've got one
1: upstairs that's I, just signed by Wayne. You but do it's have not one
0: personalized. Awesome insights, Dad, on Wayne Gretzky. We wish him a very happy birthday as he turned 60 this week. Dad, that was Land Over Legends. We've got Lockers Libations, and we have an update about our beer collaboration between you and Astrolab and our Lachlan Family Foundation. So, Emma part of Astrolab, co-founder of Astrolab Brewery, joined our show to give us an update on everything happening and where we stand with your beer dad, Wicked
1: Wicked Brister. Rister, it's coming out soon, fans. Can't wait to try it. And we hear it's very close to being finished.
3: Yes, it is. Um, We're super excited about it as well. We were so happy when you reached out and you being such a big craft beer fan and a lover of IPAs, I think it's a a great partnership. Um, Yeah, so Wicked Rister is almost ready. It's a New England hazy IPA and upon request of the beer lover there, it's (laughs) it's, going to be pretty juicy. Um, We've been tasting it along the way. It's fermented um, quicker than we would have expected. So we're looking at carbonating it today and then possibly if our labels arrive on time, it'll go into cans on Friday. If not Friday, it'll be early next week and it'll be ready to go, you know, to, to hit, hit people's glasses and um, yeah, it's tasting amazing. I think it's going to be one of my my favorites to date.
0: So, where can people buy it? Um, Can they pre-order it again? Because we're very excited about some of the proceeds going to our foundation
3: to help us in rare cancers. And can people come in and taste it at Astrolab? Yeah. So we're actually um, fifty. We're we're closed for indoor dining right now. We're not sure when that's going to come back, but we do have outdoor seating, so people can come and have a draft pint here and stand outside under the heaters um we're also trying we're trying to sell the majority of this batch of beer through the tap room so people can come visit us at the tap room you can buy the beer online um and also um we do we do deliver to um a radius around around the brewery
1: now i know you deliver right you sometimes go personally (laughs) yes i do (laughs) (laughs) you're the jack of all trades you do everything for astro labs
3: you know sometimes COVID has hit hit us pretty hard so we've had to jump in to to kind of keep going but yes you'll often see me bombing around the around town in my in my family van dropping beer all over the place so um, are, are you going to put my dad to work or something? Is he going to sign some of the
0: cans? Like he's uh, Make him do some work. Make him busy.
3: <laughs> he wants to personally sign one can in every four pack. So I did explain what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that, Emma. Wait a second. I Wait, forgot
1: all about, about that. that. We're
3: not math people. <laughs> <laughs> he seems kind of keen to hang out at a brewery all day. So I think he's gonna... <laughs> um, well, yeah. As I said, we're hoping to. The the reason we're trying to sell everything from the tap room is to make as much profit for the for the Lachlan Family Foundation as we can, um, and we'll be donating fifty percent of all the profits to the to it's, the foundation.
1: It is so special, Emma. We are so excited. So fans out there, please go out, go to the tap room, order Wicked Rister. <laughs> Let's sell this thing out in a week because I know. I love Astro Labs. I love their beers, and I think Wicked Rista Emma is going to be one of the best. Right? You've already said it. I'm hoping it's going to be.
3: Well, it's going to be up there with some of my favorites. It's it's tasting pretty pretty juicy and amazing right now. Um, so yeah, we're super we're super excited, and also our label designer um, Tash Martin did an outstanding job on on the design of this label. I was blown away by how she took on the project and really
1: brought it to life. Uh, So do I. Emma, uh, we are so happy to collab with you. We are so excited. Thank you very much for your time today.
3: Thank you. We'll see you soon.
1: So excited for this collaboration. I'm so waiting for the chance to taste (laughs) Wicked Rister, And it's going to be sooner rather than later. And fans, you got to pre-order. This baby's going to sell out. It's got Citra, it's got Sombro, it's got all these cool hops, and it's going to be a winner.
0: And if Emma, the co-founder of Joe Brewery, says it's one of her favorite beers, she's probably tasted a lot of beers in her life. And like (laughs) she
1: said in her piece there, 50% of the proceeds go to the Lachlan Family Foundation to help the fight for rare uh cancers and we are so excited to have astro as part of that.
0: And you guys can go to Astro Lab Brewery as Emma said they're not open for indoor but you can taste the beer outside and they're right in Silver Spring. So dad, it's a nice little trip.
1: I'm going Friday.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that's where you'll be. <laughs> um so thank you Emma for joining us and giving us all the insights and updates on Wicked Rister. Dad, I know what you're going to be doing at the end of this week. So, I mean, we can look ahead to that. But (laughs) (laughs) how about the Caps? Let's look ahead to the Caps to see what they're facing um, and what we'll be talking about next week on Family Faceoff because they've got another game against the Islanders, Boston, um, and Rangers. And I think the biggest question is what's going to happen to the guys if and when they come off the COVID-19 protocol list? Uh, You, uh... You don't think they're going to play right away.
1: I don't. I, I think that, you know, they haven't been skating. They haven't been around the team. I think I, I, I know for sure. I'm sure coaches are sending them clips and that, and they're watching the games on NBC Sports Washington that me and Joe B. call, but totally different to get back into the rhythm of the season. You know, say, for example, they are four games that they're going to miss, and that's what everyone thinks is going to happen, but that hasn't been hammered out in stone yet I I still think they have to go through protocols testing all that stuff then they get the fact that yeah they've been riding the bikes and they've been working out and they've probably been doing all that Mm -hmm. unless they're not feeling well but we don't think that's the case and now you've got to get back on the ice and to me you can't throw them in after one practice they're going to need a couple of games or a couple of practices to get back into the game flow timing I just think you're risking the chance of injury if you push them too much into the game right away,
0: and especially with the season being so early, right? Everyone was just getting into that. If I was game a coach, court, and
1: this team was o four and three, they'd be playing right away, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, yeah. they have a little leeway yeah. with the Capitals' great start. And they've
0: been playing well. With the, all those guys right. have been stepping up, and so. they
1: really could use them. Obviously, when you're playing the Boston Bruins, and yep. I, I think this is just going to be. So cool that Zidane who spent so many years there, will get to see all his buddies. I know he's best of friends with Bergeron and the captain now who took over the captaincy in Boston. Boston's starting to pick it up. Tuca is Tuca. Marchand is Marchand. We know that. Yeah. And Pasternak, unfortunately, looks like he's going to make his debut against the Washington Capitals. That's trouble.
0: And I think it'll just be really interesting to see. Uh, look, Chara played 14 seasons with the Boston Bruins, over 1,000 um, games played. He won a cup with them. What kind of night will that be for him emotionally to have spent his career with Boston and then to play the Bruins and all these guys that he called family, the coaching staff and the town and the players? Um, I feel like those always always have to be Emotional nights, and I don't know, maybe you want to prove something to your former team? It always
1: team. is. Even when I was traded and I played against my former teams, you always wanted to show your best foot forward because, number one, if you do get traded, you want to prove the fact that you shouldn't have traded yet. Right. Charles left on his own terms when they thought he couldn't play in the top six, the type of minutes, and he mm-hmm. was going to be in and out of the lineup. Uh, he certainly found a home here in Washington. I think he's only going to get better and better and more comfortable in what he's doing for the Caps. And so I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. I I want to see Big Z uh, get four points against his oh. former team. That will be so exciting <laughs> if he can pull personally. that Not him personally. No, but, it, <laughs> well, as a player, it's it's four points for right. him. And don't think that in the locker room.
0: Oh, they're all going to be. They
1: are going to be pumped up to yeah. get wins for Zidane Charles. So that
0: game will be on Saturday. You can check all these games out at NBC Sports Washington. Dad, you'll be calling with Joe B. from the 100 level, yep. bring your winter coat, I guess, yes. is what they say.
1: Five of the next six games are on home ice. So the Caps, even with their injury woes, we hope they get better. And the COVID protocol woes of the Russians, hopefully they'll be back by the time we get back to the next episode of Family Face-Off.
0: So that's a look at the road ahead. Dad's road ahead involves beer and tastings, and who knows if he'll even show up for the next Family Face-Off. But I'll be here. So we thank you guys for joining us week three. Can't believe it. We made it to week three of Family Face-Off already. And we will see you guys next week.